0: Coming up next on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougars wrap up a three-game road swing by showing out in the Show Me State. We'll look back on a big weekend win and ahead to another in-state showdown with the coach of the Cougs and Hunter Erickson next. This is BYU Basketball with
1: Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host,
0: the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. We are joined by a few fans here in Studio C. Good to have you with us. For those watching live, we invite our viewers to take part in our live public opinion polls via the Opine app. You can get the app on your phone, then open it up and watch the side of your screen for poll questions throughout the show. You can also take part through social media using hashtag PopeShow. Use that hashtag to submit questions that Coach Pope will answer during our weekly Q&A segment. All right, coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will look back at last week's games, including the win at Missouri State on the weekend. We'll have Caleb Lohner joining Jerem Jordan in the film room. We'll preview tomorrow night's in-state clash with Utah State. We will take your questions for Coach Pope on social media, and Hunter Erickson will be our in-studio guest. All that is coming up. And now, fresh off his team's three-game road swing, please welcome into Studio C BYU Hoops head coach Mark Pope.
2: How are you? All right. Good to see you guys. How are you? Hi, right, guys. How are you? Good to see y'all. What's up? Brother? Welcome back, Coach. How are you, man? Good, Good to, to see, see you. you. Hey, guys.
0: Well, yeah, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the road swing, and road is where you're spending most of December, as it turns out. You're on the
2: road again. <laughs> Can you continue?
0: Just can't wait to get on the road again. Man, I, the wish life I the love, the love is making music with my what? friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. Yeah. On the road again, (laughs) like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway. That's all right. We're good now. All right.
2: That's fantastic.
0: Thanks for bringing that to the show. Super impressive. Uh, So impressive, wasn't it? Wow. No, really. This is a uh, you 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 formulate the schedule. You get one home game in the span of I don't know three or four weeks, whatever it was. Uh, Is there an objective that you have in mind with a month like December?
2: That was like the greatest (laughs) moment ever. Uh, Yes. So a lot of objectives. One, I mean, we talk about this all the time. We want to play the toughest schedule we can, and we are. You know, we just finished three straight road games. We come home, and then we are back on the road, and and, um, we're playing against great teams. And and it's teaching us in media today after practice, uh, you know, it's brought up that we played three big-time, big-time star centers in a row in Utah Valley and Missouri State, and now now going to um, Utah State. So every single time we get to see great competition, we get a chance for our guys to learn and grow and understand what concepts mean. And so um, it's, it's awesome. Our goal is to become the best team we can by the end of the season. We said it over and over and over again. It's to get better every single day and, and playing great competition helps you do that. And as all this is going on uh, with, with the challenges you've
0: had, your team has begun to look different by necessity over the span of a few weeks. Yeah. What you thought you were going to have in September is not what you have in December. And granted, every team has some kind of modifications, but yep. it's been pretty dramatic here the last couple of weeks for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've dominated every team we played on the glass. Uh, I mean, literally dominated. I'm talking about, I don't know what our plus, but we're fifth, plus 14, plus 15. We're out rebounding some of the best teams in the country. And then Missouri State, we walk in halftime, we have zero offensive rebounds. I'm like, this is way different. Um, but the guys are figuring out a way to win. We got to kind of remodel what we're doing, which is actually super exciting. Sometimes in the course of a season, you have to rewrite who you are as a team, and it makes you better at the end of the season because it makes you more versatile. And so that's what we're in the process of doing right now. It breaks my heart that we, we have to do it with less personnel right now, but that's what we got to do.
0: You just used the words super exciting yes. to describe what you're dealing with right now. Yes.
2: Way it to is. go. It, it is. It's actually, um, you know, you just, it's, 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 it's the process of growing is really fun. Yeah, and it's super painful, right? Um, but but that's what we're doing, and I think our guys can feel it. Like I think the the last week has been terrifying and, and really sad in some ways, and really disappointing, and also energizing because it gives you new challenges to face and new ways to have to rethink what you do. And growing is inspiring.
0: You got yourself a one-and-one week last week on the road. Uh, You dropped a bit in the polls, but I thought it might have been a bit harsh considering how highly ranked Utah Valley is right now. I don't think people realize just what that team is right now. That said, you stay in the poll, and it's a road split. And you know, road splits are in a lot of in a lot of uh, seasons. Road splits, what you're hoping for to stay in races and, and stay in poles and things like that.
2: Yeah, and it's a really good road split too. You know, you think about it, we played three three, you know, two and one on the mm-hmm. road in the last three games, and two of them were in-state games. And in-state games are always a unique animal. And then one was on the road, and uh, you know, we talked about this. We talked about how this Texas Southern game that we played at home was going to age really, really well. Mm-hmm. What did Texas Southern do? They went on the road to Florida last night and won by 18. Um, and that, that, that game is going to age incredibly well, and so is this Missouri State team. This, Dana Ford is a great coach. The team is really, really talented, and that's going to age. Well, the farther we get in the season, people are like, on the road to go beat those guys is really incredible. So super excited about what our guys accomplished.
0: And uh, let's let's take a look back at last week. Uh, we'll get to two games, Utah Valley, Missouri State. The highlights and stats are presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official provider of official medical provider for BYU Athletics. So BYU playing in Orem for only the second time all time. It was BYU and UVU last Wednesday night. Both teams off to kind of be a sluggish start. Things picked up uh, toward halftime, and this game was tight throughout, Mark.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a great gym and a great atmosphere. It was what you'd expect. Um, from a a game where where two teams just five miles apart get to play. Uh, And it was it was actually the first time that I've been back in that gym in a competitive way since I coached there. And um, there were so many storylines in the game. And it was it's it's it's, you know we love these in-state games. They're just really special. Uh, You know uh, Utah Valley played great. Mark is doing an unbelievable job there. And it was uh, it was a great it was actually a sensational game. It was really fun.
0: Very competitive. Uh, Your points per possession number both teams were under one that night. It was that kind of game.
2: Yeah it was it was a slugfest for sure. Um, There was a ton of juice in the gym and a ton of pressure and some energy and and uh, You know, we um, you know, we lost Gavin just a few minutes in the game. And that was that was actually um, that 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 was the part of it. That was um, that that you just cannot like you can't come to grips with. Um, It was interesting. Leanne was sitting right behind our bench. And, you know, when we finally were able to speak, uh, you know, after massaging emotions for a day or two, uh, Leanne was just like, I'm, she was sitting there and she was like, I couldn't decide if I was going to throw up or if I was just going to burst into tears. And I think that's how all of us felt. Um, it just was, um, you know, sports is, I, I believe that sports is almost always fair in the long run. And there are just some unique circumstances where you there's just no explanation and it's not fair. And it just like, rips your heart out, and there's actually no solution to it. And that was certainly, you know, at the beginning of that game, it was, um, it's, it's one of the worst moments I've ever had in, in athletics.
0: You know, and I want to go back to that moment just for, for a second because it's, he's coming back in transition defense, I think. Okay. It was a break the other way. And suddenly he's, he's crumpled on a heap uh, under the basket or near it. And he was motionless. Yeah. And so when I saw, when, when I see him that motionless, I'm thinking, well, did he hit his head? Because yeah. he almost looked unconscious. Yeah. But in reality, looking back, he knew what had just happened. And I think he, I mean, I think he just felt, I, I what did to one knee, I've just done to the other. Yeah. And
2: it, he almost couldn't move a muscle based on what he just realized. In that no, moment. no, that's exactly right. So he was he was running back in transition, training the play. And he was just going to plant to um, to jump and try and block a shot, which, and Gavin Baxter does really well. And as he went to plant, he just kind of got pushed a little bit and he actually never as he dropped to plant, he actually never started going up again. He just crumbled on the floor. And he said, you know, I went and saw him late that night and he was just he, he just it was like I I he's like he laid there motionless exactly like you said because I knew. Like I just knew exactly then and couldn't believe it and you know, here here's a here's a young man that is is now on his third season of having fought back through a whole season of not having a chance to play. And, and, you know, there, you see it. And, and, um, you know, I don't know, this, this is one of those where I'm, I, I'm having a tough time finding where it's fair, but, uh, the one thing is it's, he's going to be a stronger human being than any of us ever will be. And, um, he's a great young man and he's got great things ahead. He just got engaged. And, and, uh, you know he's he's gonna have a great life, but that was super tough. It was super disorienting. Is this it for basketball for him?
0: I I because I, I saw a tweet from him and it, and he thanked Cougar Nation. It yep. almost it almost I, again. I was reading into it maybe a little bit of finality, or maybe I shouldn't have been. Or is it just too soon to even think about what's? Yeah, next? yeah.
2: I mean, even if he came out and said something final, I wouldn't believe him. Whether it was he was done or not done, I, I just won't believe him because there's no way he's in a frame of mind right now to, 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 to know. I mean, this is. You know, uh, it's one thing to kind of hear a story, and it's not another thing for, you know, Leanne and I have had the, the privilege, the honor of like walking through this journey with him for the last two and a half years. And so um, it just is, you know, he's had to dig so deep into his soul to like keep going. So it just is gonna take time, right? Yeah. And, and he'll figure out what's right for him. and But I don't think he's gonna figure that out today. So that's how your playing week began
0: with with the loss in OT and the loss of an incredibly uh, athletic and important player. And you had to go right back out on the road. There was almost no yeah. time to truly conceptualize what you just dealt with to get ready for the next challenge.
2: Yeah, and you know, you, I know we're going to go to Missouri State, but before, before, like the, the gym at UV was so full of complicated feelings, too, because, you know, you have. We have guys that have played, that have dedicated their whole career to to BYU in the sense of, you know, this, uh, Blaze Neal did amazing things here, and and Kobe Leifson and Connor Harding did amazing things here, and they're at Utah Valley now, and so there's these super complicated emotions about how, like, Gavin was devastated, and and we were devastated about taking our first loss, All the stuff that comes with that, and then you're so happy for, like Mark is one of the best human beings in the world, and these young men have given so much to BYU, and so it was it was just super interesting in that moment of of that game. It's like I'm so happy for those guys also, because I know what it means, and so it was like I I don't know. I'm gonna Mm. you could tell I'm still trying to deconstruct all that stuff. I was happy to like shut the door and have to get ready for Missouri State. which you
0: had to do, and yet it was yes. a quick turnaround, too. Um, with all that, and, and you know, I, I bring this up to a lot of people, one of the hallmarks of your program since you've been here is when you lose one, you don't lose another one. It, it's You always bounce back from victory or from defeat with a victory in the next game. So in all the regular season games you've had, you've never yet suffered yeah. back-to-back losses, but that was going to be the challenge last week was how do you overcome – the, the midweek loss, the loss of Gavin on the road to stay on the road and try and get to win on weekend. We yeah. saw a few clips already from Missouri State, but what
2: a challenge. And Gideon is misses sick. the whole week yeah. sick and Tijon is, you know, by the time we get to Missouri State, Tijon is not deathly ill, but he's like hanging on by a thread and Trevin Nell is super sick. And Caleb Loner actually was the front end of the sickness, and he's just barely trying to find his way back. And so the team was like disheveled. Right. And, um, now go clearly, win a game. Clearly clearly, I was super emotional and then we had to go on the road and play a great game and that's why walking out of this game I'm telling you I've been so blessed to work with an incredible young men here at BYU and as proud as I've been this might equal any moment of how proud I've been and guys because of the way they responded they were unbelievable.
0: BYU ends up with a, a double digit win or rather a comfortable enough win uh, by the end of it uh, and it got tight too. you had a double digit lead early in the second half. It's got down to a one point game late. Yep. Uh,
2: Tijon Lucas unbelievable. Um, Alex Barcelo unbelievable. Uh, you know Caleb Loner with his physicality was incredible. Uh, we had so many guys uh, Seneca Knights you know stepping into a starting role and, Tre- and Trevin Nell kind of for the those guys for the first time uh, we, we had so many unbelievable Spencer Johnson was out, out of this world right. And it was all fostered by just the toughness inside those guys. It was, it was really spectacular. This is your backcourt tandem.
0: Uh, you see their performances in that six-point win. Uh, Alex Barcelo with 21 and Tijon Lucas with 17. And uh, you alluded to them already, but uh, what Spencer Johnson's doing for you as a sixth man right now has been pretty impressive. Well, and
2: you look at that sideline for Tijon, he doesn't want to talk about the 17 points or the 50% shooting or the three rounds. He was hype about his two blocks. <laughs> He's a rim protector now. And uh, yeah, so he was great. And uh, you know, Alex just brings it every single night. And then Spencer Johnson has just been playing such a massive role for us. We talked about this, like Spencer's still coming off the bench because it's selfish of me. He's such a security blanket. You're so grateful as a coach when you have a player that you know exactly what he's going to bring in a spectacular way every single night. And he is, Spence just delivers. He delivers every single night on the defensive end and the offensive end. It's such a luxury to have him. And he, he was huge in this game. You
0: mentioned a moment ago uh, Tijon Lucas's block shots. Alex Barcelo picked up his second career double-double in the UVU game, but it was points and rebounds, not yes. points and assists.
2: Yeah, Alex coming up with 11 rebounds. And then in this Am I wrong? Why, why did I think in this Missouri State game he had four steals? Is that correct? He did. He had four yeah. steals. Alex is just filling up every area of the stat sheet right now. Uh, he's just showing that he can impact the game in every single way, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. Speaking of which, post-UVU, is Alex Barcelo had no words. Like, he did not speak for three days. He was just so – he was just so determined to find a way to right the ship, and that's the only reason that a team can respond and go on the road and win that game is Missouri State, because you have guys that are built like that, that are that are just so determined to get better. He's an unbelievable leader.
0: Do guys know when AB's like that to just let him stay in his head, don't try and get him, out, let, let AB deal the way he does?
2: Well, I think I, more than that, I think guys follow. Like, I think, you know, when you have a deal where you lose Gavin and Gideon's gone and we've already lost Rich and, like, we've had our first loss of the season and it's to an in-state game, which the in-state games are always emotional, and so you're kind of disoriented with all that emotion, and then you just see how Alex has refocused himself, then it's kind of like, oh, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm And so just his example, I think our guys jumped on board like, yep, this is how we're going to roll. Fine. You know what? I'm not going to feel sad. I'm not going to have doubt. I'm not going to question or, or lash out. I'm going to refocus and I'm going to go get a game. And that, he's, he's a great leader. So Coach talks about no Baxter, no
0: Harvard. BYU's down bigs. So with BYU down those players, sophomore Caleb Lohner, is having to play bigger and was a big part of BYU's weekend win at Missouri State, scoring 10 points, pulling down six rebounds. Here now, Caleb Lohner takes us inside the film room with our Jerem Jordan.
1: All right, Caleb, what did it take to uh, regroup after the loss of Gavin Baxter and the loss of Utah Valley to go beat Missouri State? Uh, I think it was just a continual effort from the team to
3: do what we do. and know that, hey, we're going on the road, we're going to play a really good team, and we can't think about what just happened this week. We got to go take care of business, and that's exactly what we did.
1: Okay, let's talk about a couple of plays. First half, uh, you kind of fumble the ball, get it back, and then jump hook it in. Uh, Yeah,
3: I just remember going, facing up, uh, kind of did one jab, got in the middle, and one of their guards digged early on me. I thought he fouled me, but came up with the ball and kind of just went right back over my left shoulder and bounced in. I mean, we talk about winning 50-50 balls
1: all the time, extra possessions, and I mean that's a perfect example to me of a 50-50 ball. That was a tough matchup because now you're playing kind of the five as BYU went smaller in that starting lineup, so yep. uh, you know defensively a little more length on you. Yeah, a little bit bigger, a little bit more length. Okay, second half you face up and you go up quick for a jumper.
3: Yeah, um, I think I was just kind of opened up. I thought what he was giving me, he kinda of backed off a sex. That's so just a little easy baby short corner jumper. Just
1: laid it in, nice and move. Laid it in. Awesome. I got the rule. Okay, we uh, fast forward to 54 seconds left. This is a big bucket. Yeah. Uh, you catch a miss and lay it in. I actually thought Spencer was
3: making it, but I knew I was gonna be right there in case. There, right after Spencer shot it, he kinda left me. Giving me kind of a wide open roller under the basket, no box out, a clean rebound, and a finish.
1: And it was a, so, a you know hostile, intense crowd. That was a big yeah. moment in this game. Yeah, that was a, that was a big, big finish. Okay, and then uh, you know about thirty ish seconds left, and you get tangled up here, and there's there's some words, there's an intentional, <laughs> and there's a technical. Yeah. To me,
3: that rebound, I was like, I just sealed the game. Yep. So, you scud for that one too. We've been awesome. battling all night, and so after I got that rebound, I was like, let's go, let's go home with a win.
1: Now, now so, you, you kind of rolled on the fall. I thought that was well done by you. It was a little bit of a roll, I'm not going <laughs> to
3: lie. I think I was just exhausted too. My body hit the floor and said, just stay. Yep, exactly. So no, that was a fun, That was a good big moment for our team to win that game on the road at Missouri State. It was a fun game. Good
1: showing from Cougar Nation too. Yeah,
3: it was, it was, it was super fun. We
1: had lots of Cougs in the house, as usual. Yep. Cougar fans are the best, so. Okay, big week. Creighton on Saturday, but first Utah State on Wednesday. And I can't wait for a Justin B. caleb Lohner rebound battle. That's going to be fun, though. Yeah, will be fun. And being at home, we got Cougar
3: Nation in the house. It's going to be packed. It'll be fun. It'll be a battle. Okay, good luck Wednesday. Yep, thank you. Right,
0: that's Caleb Lohner and Film Room. For your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Jerem and Spencer Linton. Weekdays, noon Eastern, BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll preview BYU's third in-state game of the season. Utah State visits the Marriott Center tomorrow night. We'll look ahead to the Cougs and the Ags next as BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. BYU basketball with
1: Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics.
0: Welcome back to BYU Basketball, Mark Pope. Here's tomorrow night's game day schedule: BYU and Utah State, 6:30 p.m. Mountain, 8:30 Eastern. Countdown to tip off with Jeremy and Tyler Haas on BYU TV. But half hour before that, we'll have radio pregame coverage beginning. So an hour of pregame on the radio. The game will tip off. At 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And then stick around for both postgame coverage on BYU TV and BYU Radio right afterward. Well, of the teams in the current Ken Palm Top 25, well, which BYU is certainly one of them, only three teams have faced a tougher schedule than BYU. A fact reflected in the first net rankings releases of the season. BYU came in 24th and 20th,
2: Mark, in the first two days of the net. Yeah, and I do, you know, it's, so the net's a little different in Kempon because the net doesn't ha- have any preconceived notion. It just is going to rank you based on your body of work. That's why it doesn't come out till eight games into the season. Um, but, but you know, it is indicative of what these guys have accomplished so far and, and the difficulty of the road that they've had to travel. And I'll bring up UVU again. That, that That's a highly ranked net team right now, and
0: they've lost one time on the season.
2: Yeah, you know, UVU's 81 right now. They're doing a great job. Um, they have... I think one, four of their games have been overtime wins. Right, and so uh, they're they're doing terrific, and um, we expect that they will remain, you know, in that top. I think it's the top 135. We need them to remain in that top 135, uh, just for our uh, future. Will. Stay
0: at quad two, That's right? right.
2: Yeah, That's
0: right. All right, uh, challenging start to the season uh, rolls on tomorrow night with BYU playing its third in-state game of the year. It is the Cougars in Utah State. The Aggies looking to win in Provo for the first time since 2004. Four straight losses in the Marriott Center since USU's last away win in the series. Of course, there have been a lot of neutral floor games in that time since 2004 as well, playing in Salt Lake a lot. But either way, Cougs and Ags, uh, a team against which BYU's done pretty well in the past. Uh, last year was a memorable win for you guys at the Spectrum up there.
2: Yeah, uh, it was it was a huge game for us. It was a tough game. Uh, it's always tough when you go to the Spectrum, and um, this is a great team. You know, they've already uh, logged some great wins. They won their hol- holiday tournament, beating Oklahoma in the in the final of that tournament. Uh, they're playing at a really really high high level. Their new coach Ryan Odom. You know, I have uh, some family relationship to the Odom family. Dave Odom was a heralded coach at. Wake Forest who, who retired uh, not long before I got there and, and we became very close and his son Ryan's doing an unbelievable job there and they've had an incredible start to the season.
0: Justin Bean the man you see on the screen is playing like an All-American right now he's got numbers well he's kind of got like Bardo's AMAC numbers that's yep. the ones you saw last week.
2: Yeah he's I mean he's a 22 and 12 uh, guy shooting 66 percent from the field. Uh, He's playing just elite-level basketball, and he's doing it all in the concept of his team. He's not, you know, not force-feeding shots. He's just going and earning them through the kind of actions they're playing. He's a, he's a real talent. He's, he's had a terrific start to his season. And he also leads their team in steals. Yep. In addition he's, to everything else he does. He's a do-it-all guy, and he's got the best motor on the team. I mean, he's doing everything on the court. He's, he's their best cutter. Uh, he's one of their highest IQ guys on a team full of really high IQ guys. He's a, he's a terrific basketball player.
0: Metrics like him as well, like uh, the Aggies, that is. 61st in Ken Palm and 52nd in the early net numbers. And so uh, this is a good game, uh, regardless of venue, good game for both teams.
2: Yep, everyone's been good, haven't they? This is another one. First
0: game of a two-game week. Next up will be the Creighton Blue Jays on the weekend. This will be a a neutral court game, but closer to Omaha than Provo, certainly. But we go into going to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to the Sanford Pentagon for BYU and Creighton. They played last on the weekend, lost to Iowa State at home, and they will not play until they feast you on the weekend, right?
2: Yeah, this is like, uh, you know, one of the things we did poorly with our scheduling is that we keep <laughs> playing games that have a week to, pre- teams that have a week to prepare for us. Utah State's had a week to prepare for us. Utah had a week to prepare us. Utah Valley had a long time to prepare for us, and now, Creighton. of course, Creighton's yeah. going to have a long time to prepare. So. I gotta. Me and Coach Robbins got to put our heads together <laughs> and figure that out. That that's been tough. But uh, this Creighton team's great. I love Coach McDermott. I think he's one of the most innovative, creative guys at maneuvering the tag, and pick and rolls. About uh, you know putting your tag in a bad position that there is in college basketball. And so we're really excited about that game. Also, it's a great week of basketball.
0: And another great name for you as well. Creighton's a, you know it's a you know kind of a basketball power playing in a great league. Yep, no doubt. All right, Utah State, Creighton, that is your week. All right, coming up, we'll be taking a break, and then questions for the coach from social media as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us.
2: Goal scorer of all time, greatest player ever up, and she just missed by first.
0: All right, uh, we are back on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Great during commercial break conversation going on here with the coach. We should have kept it going. Uh, We are presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And welcome back to the program. All right, uh, time for some uh, Q&A for Coach Pope from social media. Let's get to our first question from Twitter. It's about uh, Tiki Ali Atiki and injuries. Uh, With Atiki probably taking some more minutes because of team injuries as a big, what
2: role will we
0: see out of him?
2: He's got the potential of being a great rebounder and a great rim protector and a great post scorer. He actually does have potential. He's going to become all three of those things. We need him to become those things tomorrow. Tomorrow so night. So we'll see how that right goes. Right
0: away. Question number 2. Uh, how has the team rallied around Gavin Baxter after his season-ending
2: injury? Yeah, so I know all the guys have been in contact with him. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, it just was it just it just was so awful. So, I, you know, after the after the game uh, I went over there late that night, and we just kind of sat. And there's just, you know, this one, I, Greg. I don't have the words to make it better. Like it was just hard. But the one thing that Gavin knows, he knows how much these guys love him. Uh, I know they're all excited about his engagement, and, and uh, you know these guys will stay in touch. They're dear friends, so so we'll be in touch every day going forward.
0: Okay, question three for Coach: uh, How can coaching help players find their three-point stroke? in game if you sense things are going a certain way.
2: Go. I like it. <laughs> so today I learned from the media that we are three hundred and thirty third in three point percentage. I mean who gets to be three hundred and thirty third in three point percentage and we're third in three point percentage defense. So there's a little trend <laughs> going on. Uh uh, you know, we're we're super comfortable with with the way we shoot and how we shoot The one thing we're gonna do is we continue to focus on owning our shot and 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 uh, finishing our shot. And then right now, with us changing the pace of the game. We should be able to create even better and better shots for each other, and that's the way we approach. It. What do you
0: What do you mean in terms of changing? How are you going to work on pace, or what's going to happen with pace? So
2: we're playing smaller. We got more skilled guys on the floor. Uh, we have more capable guys that command space on the floor. We got more guys that can make high-speed decisions on the floor. It certainly is going to take away our dominating rebounding advantage, but it, it's of necessity right now. So one of the things that we expect to have happen is we'll shoot the ball better in the first half of the Missouri State game. Uh, we shot it really, really well, and we expect to see that more. Because you've been a slower tempo team yes. first couple weeks. We could see that number creep up a little bit. Yes, I expect to. We've been a smash mouth basketball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we just have to change now of necessity. Yeah. All right.
0: Question four: uh, what kind of resources can, uh, will BYU hoops need to add as we transition, BYU that is, from WCC to
2: Big 12? Well, we're blessed with unbelievable resources right now. Um, so, you know, this annex that Coach Rose built is so amazing. And the Marriott Center is the best venue in the Big 12. And um, so hopefully we'll just kind of continue pushing um, ahead of the game as much as we can in terms of our facilities. Because right now we're in a great spot. Okay, you mentioned
0: Marriott Center. Uh, the building is 50 years old this year, right? We go all around the country, and we go to many, many, many arenas that are 20, 30 years newer than the Marriott Center, and it shows its wear and tear. The stuff you don't find at the Marriott Center. It is incredible how well-kept this building has been, how well-maintained it's been. It is immaculate, 50 years old. Uh, and because so many other buildings we see fall into more, you know, yeah. disrepair That's much right. quicker, and this building is almost kind of still pristine. And grant, a lot of refurbishments have made it look really good. But I mean, how blessed to be in a building that looks that good at fifty?
2: I'm telling you this: the fiscal management here at BYU is incredible because every new building has to be endowed before you actually put a shovel in the ground, and that is the exact opposite of the way that every other university is working like they almost put a shovel on ground when they get their first dollar and then they end up paying and paying and paying whereas what we have is you know every year you have to take the endowment money and you have to spend it on some renovation or improvement of the building it's not it's not taking new money it's just taking the earnings off of the endowment money and it just is the brilliance of the leaders of this institution that they have that and say and that's why this marina center is like it's 50 years old. It's, it may be the oldest building of, of any buildings in the Big 12. I don't know if that's true, but I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's probably the nicest one.
0: Yeah, we're very, very fortunate indeed. Good stuff. All right, let's uh, take a break and tell you that uh, you can tune in tomorrow night for Countdown 2 Tip Off with Jerem and Tyler Haas getting you geared up for BYU and Utah State basketball. Coverage begins at 8 30 p.m. Eastern Time. Then stick around for the tip on BYU TV at 9. Coming up next, Deep Blue will profile volleyballs. Kenzie Korber. And Hunter Erickson joins us in Studio C when BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us.
1: BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection.
0: Welcome back to the show here in Studio C here in Provo, Utah. Well, a Thursday in Pittsburgh, the BYU women's volleyball team continues its NCAA tournament run by playing Purdue in the round of 16. Helping the Cougars progress through the field is a player who took a unique path to Provo. As we learn in tonight's edition of Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries, Simply Better.
1: Pulled to the 10-meter line. Kerber, no problem. Seven
4: kills in the first set for the former youth. My heart hasn't felt this happy in a long time. It's been a hard four years, and the past two and a half years have been great. My first years of college were a little bit rough for me, but past two and a half years have been really a good change for me. Back when I was a junior in high school, I didn't know why I felt like I had to come to Utah, but um, I felt like I had to, and I committed here, and I got here, and it was a great experience. I had a great career up there, but freshman and sophomore year, I was 6'2", same height I am now, but I weighed 130 pounds. I didn't know I had depression until some of these things that happened in my life, and. I ended up having to meet with a psychologist three times a week. I was put on depression medication. I was in such a dark place, I'd just wake up and be like, I don't want to eat today. To just see her so sad,
1: to me, it was the question is, is this really worth it? You know, like, yes, you're getting a great education, you're on scholarship, but it's not worth it if you're having the mental issues that, you know, and problems.
2: When she would feel like depressed or needed some see somebody, she would drive over to my sister's places or her cousins, get a meal,
3: talk to talk to some of the younger cousin that are more in her age that can relate.
4: After those two years, I'm standing in the mirror and I'm like, I'm rock bottom. Like my life is at an all-time low. I grew up non-denominational Christian, just we went to a little Christian church right in Chino Hills, California, and I knew there was something. I knew, you know, There's God, and I knew that Jesus Christ was his son, but I didn't really know, like, I didn't have answers. She just started asking me all these questions, and they were, like, really good questions, like, really deep, and I was like, I'm on the spot right now, like, I gotta gotta answer these the right way. I had all these questions, but she had answers, and she knew like she had a response to my questions and i was like all right next one and I'd ask her another one and she'd be like okay and she'd have an answer and i was like why she having an answered everything she was already really invested from the start like her questions were genuine and like you could tell she just wanted that truth right from the beginning my aunt had sent me a video where she was like hey i want you to watch this video when you have the chance so i'm watching this video and it's not even really a sad video and all of a sudden i just feel like this weight kind of pressing down on my chest and I'm like, what is going on? And I start bawling and I'm like crying my eyes out watching this video by myself like no one's in the locker room and I'm like, what is going on? And I like finish the video and I'm like crying and I text Olivia. I just remember that moment like so, so vividly still. Um, she was like, I'm in the feeling station. I'll come to the locker room. So she runs down the hall, knocks on the door and I opened the door and we just like hug. And we're both crying and we're hugging each other. And it was, that to me was the first experience I had where I knew like, this is true. And this is the life that I want to live. I was thinking about some of the experiences that happened and stuff. And like, I still get goosebumps when I think about like what happened and like the day of her baptism and like the first time she felt the Holy Ghost and just like all these things, it strengthened my testimony and like strengthened our friendship. Once I was baptized and found the church and the effect that it had on my life, I knew that BYU was a place I wanted to be because I knew it would help me progress as a person and not just a player. And a big reason why I felt comfortable coming here was I played for Heather in Japan back in 2019 um, for two weeks with Heather Knighting was actually on the team and it was just the best experience and I just, I hold those memories so near to me all the time because it was such an eye-opening experience to play volleyball in a different country, but the memories that I made with my teammates and the coaches, and I just felt like I had this really
5: personable connection with Heather. One night after dinner, we were walking back to our hotel, and she told me that two weeks previous to our trip in Japan, she was baptized a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I spun my head around and I said, what? and she said she was baptized. And so she was open and vulnerable and told me her conversion story, was able to connect with her about her baptism. And it was really special to hear her conversion story and you could see the light in her eyes. You could see how happy she was. And uh, that, that started you know, the good connection that we have.
2: She fulfilled her commitment to Utah. I said, hey, it's a good program. You got a good education out of it. What do you want to do now? you want to stay at Utah. Utah's never been to a Final Four like BYU has. So I kind of convinced her, like, maybe you want to stay close to, you know, what you know and where you're at and the values of what brings BYU and the state of Utah and the church brings to you, because your values are there. And it was a no brainer after that.
4: To finish my four years at Utah and feel like this was the right path for me, I mean, I thought about going pro after, this spring season, I thought about staying at Utah. I thought about even just being done with volleyball and just getting a real job. None of those really brought me the peace that I felt if I came to BYU. Her faith is so
1: strong now. Being here at the at BYU, it's just, it's a whole new dynamic. She's so happy. I have friends, family that see her on TV and just say how happy she is playing on this team. She's just
5: thriving now. and never complaining about going to practice or anything so it's just a great feeling. The neat thing about Kenzie is she is this experienced player who's coachable and wants to learn. She's in the gym every day wanting feedback and she wants to get better and she's got this little bit of time left here at BYU where she's enjoying every single moment, every practice, every match, every road trip. You can see the excitement in her eyes for what she wants to do with BYU Volleyball and the goals that she has with the girls on our team. The happiness that I've felt
4: with this team and these coaches and the friends that I've made here and the experiences that I've had, like, I wish my whole life felt like that, you know, but um, I know I had to go through what I had to go through for a reason.
0: I think it's our first non-basketball deep blue we've had here on this basketball show but what a great
2: story right it's uh, i'm telling you we watched it this weekend we're going to watch it next weekend we watched it two weekends ago these women that are here at byu specifically recently in cross country and women's basketball now in strength and, uh, and women's soccer and now you know women women's volleyball like these women are extraordinary. They are leaders and they're powerful and they're strong and they're confident and they're believers. It is it is incredible. The the, the it, it just is inspiring to watch. Like it, it just is awesome. You know I, I got to watch the uh the you know the penalty kicks with with my girls i have four daughters and i got to watch it with leanne and three of my daughters last night and just to watch these incredibly strong wise mature great women doing these incredible things in the world is, is a gift to all of us
0: you and leanne have a daughter playing Division One college basketball right now again after her mission. That's right, and that's a part of your season yeah. that you're going through right now is her season as well. And I know Leanne got out there to to watch her play in
2: person just a couple weeks ago, and that's and how's that going? Oh for man, you guys? it's so it's so great. So we played at Missouri State the exact time she was playing Richmond, and so like it's so fun <laughs> to like finally you know get through all the post you know we have so much post game stuff we have to get through all the post game stuff, and I couldn't wait to call him and be like, all right, tell me what happened, and we get to swap notes. It's really special.
0: And she's playing for Miami of, or she's playing for Ohio, playing for Ohio, Ohio University. Ohio, yeah. Ohio University. Yeah. yeah. All right. Excellent stuff. Uh, let's get to our player guest. Let's do it. Uh, it was more than uh, four years ago that uh, Timpview High School's Hunter Erickson signed a letter of intent with BYU. Tonight, it's our intent to get to know him a little bit better on the Pope Show. Please welcome into Studio C Hunter Erickson. Good to see you. you
6: thanks for coming. In.
0: Good, thanks thanks so How are you? So I just brought up that time frame, uh, 2017. I think you and Trevin, did you guys sign at the same time here at BYU? You and Trevin Nell, no? I think that might have been the case.
6: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, he just switched from yeah Cal,
0: from Cal. Right. So. so wow, that's four years ago. Yeah. This is a long time, <laughs> but it feels like you're still just getting going. I know. How does that time frame kind of feel to you when you think about signing with BYU
6: that long ago? It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I don't know. A mission always feels like just sometimes you come back and it feels like a dream when you're thinking back on it. But still pretty crazy, happy to be here. Take us back to your high
0: school days a little bit and, and how you uh, made the decision to come to BYU. Was it a, a, a like a, a like a lifelong goal of yours to play here? Were you pretty open? What were your thoughts?
6: Um, no, I, I mean, obviously I grew up in Provo, but I didn't. I honestly didn't want to be the kid that was like, oh, you grew up in Provo, went to U and then you go to BYU kind of thing. But And then just as I got older and the recruiting process, I just – it wasn't Coach Pope obviously here at the time, but I just felt like the guys here with Coach Rose and everything, I just felt like they genuinely cared about me. And so I thought it was the best fit for me.
0: So clearly the staff at the time was a big part of the attraction. The Mm -hmm. school itself played into it. When they made the coaching change, and it was now Coach Pope's program, what were you kind of uh, processing at that
6: point? Um, I honestly had no idea because I was like mid-mission. And so I had talked to him a little bit when he had been at UVU. Nothing too serious or anything, but my mission president just gave me permission to have a couple phone calls with him. And so just called him and was like, what's up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you thinking? I don't really know what I'm thinking. Like, I, I'd still like to come here. Like, do you want me kind of thing? And um, let's have him pick it up. How to yeah, go from so, there. Yeah. it's
2: First of all, it's so disorienting. Can you imagine like <laughs> these young men, uh, you, you know, Hunter and young women go serve. They go serve on these two-year missions and you, you, you put your whole life aside And then right in the middle of it, your whole life is turned upside down because like what you thought you were coming back to is way different, right? It's just, it's it's unbelievable. And so, you know, when I finally got to Hunter, I was so hyped. I was like, let's go, man, this is gonna (laughs) be great. I I knew I had to try and recruit him all over again. And and, uh, it's been, uh, he's been a, a gift to this team, man. He's responsible for, everyone we've had so far he's doing such an unbelievable job
0: what did you think about him as a high school player what have you seen him grow into already as a young college player
2: yeah so um he was a super athletic uh really skilled scorer um for sure uh with the capability i think of growing into a terrific defender which he actually showed us in this missouri state game and he was nearly perfect defensively in his 15 minutes in the game um and and uh the the best is yet to come with what hunter Hunter erickson is able to do here at byu um we've talked about this before but he is um he has been working so hard and been so patient with this process and so he's going to burst onto the scene and and uh, make a huge difference
0: yeah maybe that role of patience realizing that your career can last a long time many years and to not be too anxious too early how have you kind of process that and realize that
6: your, your time is coming and will come and is coming now even? Um, I honestly felt, uh, last year I guess it was a little tougher for me, but I felt like it was very similar to my situation in high school. I was on varsity my freshman year and felt like I should play at least a little bit, felt like I was good enough kind of thing. And I feel like I didn't handle that well at mm. that time. And so when I was here, and kind of felt like those same emotions and everything, I felt like I knew how to handle it a lot better. And just moving forward after that all last year, like I trust Coach Pope kind of thing. Mm. He's, everyone can say what they want from, out, from the outside, but I know the kind of man he is and I've seen the kind of man he is. And so I trust him with how he's gonna make this team be what it can be. So Hunt played huge minutes in,
2: in Missouri State game. And he actually, after the game, he came to me and was like, hey, coach, you know, I'm glad you finally came to it. We would have won at UVU if you played me 15 minutes there, too. So, he's laying down a gauntlet right now.
0: (laughs) So, so much attention on a player's offensive skills and abilities, which you have. But he, he alluded to defense a minute ago being a perfect defender in your stint, for example. What does it mean to you to play perfect defense for him? And how much more focused are you now than you ever thought you'd be on on that part of your game, the defensive side?
6: Um, A lot, a lot. I mean, in high school, just the system I was in, I guess, it was really just, we didn't really, not that we didn't care about defense, but it was just run and gun, like we were just gonna outscore you kind of thing, and we did, but, so the side effect of that was my defense wasn't the greatest, Mm -hmm. but I had been really blessed with some athleticism, so, Hopefully, moving forward, as you've seen, hopefully I can be a defender that can make those kind of plays that other guys can't just because of athleticism and as well be grounded. Okay. Uh, Coach Pope and I don't have this particular concern, but you have to figure out what to do
0: with your hair from day-to-day, <laughs> week-to-week. Uh, and, and you've done a few things in the last few months. Uh, what's, uh, how do you describe your process when it comes to what is, what's going to happen with you is up serious? top here? Yeah. Oh, uh, of-
6: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... Honestly, I had no idea. I just started growing out my hair going into the summer. And so once I knew school was getting close and everything, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to need to cut it. (laughs) And uh, I had just sophomore year high school, for some reason, I just got a mohawk. (laughs) And then my mom, it was my mom's idea, ironically enough. She's like, you want to bleach it? I was like, sure. Why not? Why not? And then I did. And then just kind of like in, here in Utah, high school basketball, I just kind of was like kind of known for that. So I had a bleached mohawk, <laughs> and so so I got, might as well go back to it now that we're getting to basketball season, school's starting. So
0: this is about as chilled out as it gets for you, though, right? Like right now, what we're dealing with this is pretty conservative for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say so. Yeah, this
6: is
2: super like debonair, like stylish, <laughs> Pretty right? like if You're in <laughs> a suit right now. You could walk into a board meeting and be like, "Yeah, this is my joint." Probably a suit without a tie, yes. Little top
0: button undone, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, quickly, uh, the time we have with you, uh, the bounce back from UVU to Missouri State. I mean, how huge was that for this program to not let one loss become two and just
6: kind of get back on the winning track last week? Uh, definitely big time, and obviously with the hit we took with Gavin and everything, like yeah. we've had to switch up a little bit how we're doing things. But when you got guys like Alex and T-John, who's who've had the experience, more experience than all of us, basically like they're able to lead us bring us together and it's about the team and moving forward like getting better every day we say that every day so we next game hardest game we're ever going to play and we're going to play the hardest we've ever played what do you see hunter being for this program when all
0: said
2: and done he's a star Uh, you know it's I'm telling you, we talk about the insides of guys a lot, like the insides. Like the insides is really what makes us who we become. You know, like interesting enough, he tests out right now in our combine. He tests out as one of the top overall athletes that would be put up with first round draft picks in the NBA draft of rookies, right? So he's really, really athletic. But his insides right now that he's proving that he's going to come work hard and get better every single day uh, bodes so well for his future. Um, I still, although I don't know, Hunt likes this, I still like to think of him as a freshman. Uh, I know he's super excited about maybe getting his Ph.D. before he finishes here at <laughs> BYU, but he got an unbelievable, he's got every bit of future that he wants here at BYU. He's, uh, he's going to be a star.
0: And finally, Hunt, another in-state game
6: tomorrow night, Utah State. Your thoughts? Uh, it's going to be a battle for sure, just, just like we've seen with all of them. And it'll be really fun. I, I grew up playing with. Two of their guys. Who do you know best then on the team? Uh, Ryland Jones and Steven Ashworth. Okay. I, I grew up playing with them my entire life. They've both been on teams, been on my team and on teams I played against. So it'll be really fun to be on the court with both of them. you know. And back in the Marriott Center. Yep. Good back. stuff.
0: Great to have you. In. We'll do this again for sure. Thank you. Thank you, Hunter. Hunter Erickson, folks, and we are heading to break with some trivia brought to you by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Tyler Hawes is tied for the BYU career lead all-time in free throws attempted. With whom is he tied? You see the silhouette on the left and the number of letters in his first and last name in those blank spots. The answer is coming up next. And Leanne had it
2: immediately. I didn't know. And Leanne, like Mark, it's Devin
0: Durant. Yes, Devin Durant is the answer to our skill testing trivia question. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, 830 Eastern, for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. For Mark and Hunter, I'm Greg. Have a great week. And Bruce or Hema. we love you. See ya. Take care.